Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard. I got my chat started a little late, so I have to go to two different screens to figure out who are, who's here all together. So let me just say, Alistair Water is in the house. Welcome, Alistair Waters. We also have in the house, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. We also have Bridge MCP, who says, hey, y'all. We also have Paul Fleming Jr. Check in in. Michael Rudnan says, I'm watching from Twitch today. And then we have, hello, relatives. Today's visit going to be the greatest ever from the one and only E2247. Bridge MCP welcomes Alistair Paul Fleming Hit that like button. Is right. Say hit that like button. Whose birthday is it? Happy birthday, whoever's birthday is it. Let me know who it is. Lee Grant is also in the house. I want to say, hey, Lee Grant, brother Grant, and the one and only, my brother from California, El Senor, Robert Davenport. Robert Davenport is in the house. Welcome, Robert. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let me get to the other screen. And then I think I would be pretty much caught up. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome into the home. Let's see what else we got. I think I've got everybody. If I missed everybody, forgive me. But no, 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 no. It's Yvette Avery Herod in the house. Como estás mi corazón, my dear beautiful friend? Yvette Avery Howard. Aha. <laughs> Avery Herod is in the house. Welcome aboard. Well, it's birthday for Alistair Waters. Alistair, happy birthday. Why didn't you tell me before? I would have sung happy birthday for you on the air here in Houston this morning at 6 a.m. My God. Well, I'll do it now. Happy birthday to Alistair. Happy birthday to Alistair. Happy birthday, dear Alistair. Happy birthday. To you. There you go, girl. Happy birthday, my dear friend. All right. Um, let's see. Alistair has been with us for decades, for not decades, but for years, for years, for years. Melanie Killen is in the house from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome, Melanie. Uh, if I forgot to mention you, please throw your name up in there because I like to leave nobody unanswered. Anyway, 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 we got a great show for you today. Paul Fleming says, the CEO to worker pay gap at the 100 lowest paying major corporations in 2022 was 600 to one. Capitalism works. Take away from the least and give it to the ones who do nothing. So it's what we preach all of the time. Capitalism is working as design. Thank you for that, Paul Fleming. These companies have spent $341 billion on stock buybacks. Instead of using profits to pay workers more, corporations often use them to pad the pockets of wealthy execs. It's an interesting, fascinating way. They don't only do the stock buybacks, uh, they, they do it to multiply the value of their money. Let me tell you how it works. Uh, let's say we get a big profit in the company. I could go ahead and disperse those profits as dividends to the stockholders and, of course, corporate bonus executives, etc. But what that means is we will have to treat tax dividends or rather uh, the dividends that we give to people, we will have to treat that as income. And therefore, they will pay up to 37% or so on, Right. 37% or so, they'll have to pay in taxes. 
But you go ahead and buy back stocks. Let's say that company had a million stocks and you buy back 200,000 of the million stocks. The price of that stock, because of the multiples, is going to raise up, right? Because if you buy, if you put less stocks on the market, assuming the, the stock is at the same value, the price of that stock zooms up. Now, if you were normally going to get a dividend, when you got that dividend, you would pay that high tax rate on it. But hey, since what we got was a price appreciation known as capital gains, the taxes on capital gains are much less than the taxes on dividends. So therefore, you just have to pay the taxes on your capital gains. And, you know, if you do it even more fancy, you may get away with not even paying Social Security taxes on it. You can't hide from the Medicare uh, tax, which is a little bit. But you can hide from all kinds of taxes. That tax buyback sounds simple. But that tax buyback thing that corporations do is a drain on the treasury. It's a drain. And we support it. Whenever we want to give companies tax breaks and give them the ability to have tax uh, uh, stock buybacks, what we're doing is killing ourselves. You see, most people don't know this stuff. And because they don't know this stuff, they just oblige. They just acquiesce to what's going on. We have to do better to inform. We got to do better to inform. Okay, 2247 says depleted uranium. Uh, munitions rounds are tank killers due to the density and kinetic energy that they can penetrate. What happens is uranium, if you look at the periodic table, uranium is one of those dense, dense, dense metals, right? Uh, if you look at the nucleus plus the neutrons, it is much denser than than, than most other elements, right? It's, 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 it's starting to get to the part of the periodic table that is like super, super, super heavy. Uh, I don't remember what you call those materials, but yeah. So again, that is so true. Depleted uranium, very dense and therefore can do a lot of penetration, carries a big punch once accelerated. In other words, if you are accelerating uranium at, let's say, uh, 10 miles per hour per whatever, and you accelerate aluminum or even steel, when those two hit that tank, the kinetic energy on the uranium is going to be a lot larger because it's denser and heavier than the steel. Just a little bit of physics there, brothers and sisters. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, KE of the DU ammunition round depends on velocity of the round squared, no matter how large or small is in the mass. Well, actually, the actual uh, the, the the energy that it carries is dependent solely on velocity and mass, right? Velocity and mass that determines how much um, how much energy it's actually being carried, how much kinetic energy it has. Um, let's see what else we have. Radioactive, highly toxic, soaring uranium oxide, emitting alpha particles radiation. I got you. I got you. All right, let's continue here. Let's see. Biden, Trump did this. The federal debt held by the public went up from $14 billion to $21.6 trillion. I mean, look, you don't have to listen to Bridge only on that fact. Just listen to Nikki Haley at the last debate. She made it clear that Trump blew up the budget even before the pandemic. 
But worse, she also said in today's budget, the people that are asking for the most, um, uh, what do you call those things when they uh, they just give money to different senators and Congress people for their district, uh, is it's by far Republicans that are asking for more giveaways than are Democrats, and that's understood. In Republican states, which are generally beggar states, which means they take more money out of the federal government than they put in, it is not at all difficult to understand that most of these senators want to supplement their low taxes that they preach about by taking money from the federal government, which is a taxes paid by the blue states, right? And using it so that they can have low tax rates in their city. It's it's their classic welfare mentality by Republican politicians. I repeat, Republican politicians have the gimme, gimme, take it, take it mentality, not the mentality that says we're going to do it on our own. It is classic, classic, classic. All right. Continuing, we got, para ver, para ver, Robert Davenport also says happy birthday to you, our dear, beautiful Alistair Waters. Uh, let's see what else we got. Paul Fleming says the Texas Senate will convene as a high court Tuesday. They're already active right now. I didn't. I, I really wasn't in the mood to listen to it, but they are on right now with the impeachment trial of General uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton, Republican firebrand accused by the party of taking bribes. It's a lot more. That guy has done so much. Bruce Pollard said busy day. Two shows in the morning and now, yeah. I had to cover for Steve Hunter today on Utah. So, yep, I did my 6 o'clock show. I was on my spinner working out on my bike. Got a call. I'd say, hey, we need you to to, uh, cover for Steve. He can't make it in today. To which I said, okay. So, yeah, we had a good show. We were supposed to have Mike Miles on. But I guess he figured out I I was doing the show so he didn't call in. You know, um, he's a new HISD, the superintendent, uh, the fascist superintendent that was appointed by the fascist governor. Uh-huh. No, appointed by the the organization or rather the agency that our fascist governor has in charge of taking over the Houston Independent School District. That's who that is. All right. Melanie Keelan, I don't understand those things. It didn't come over well on YouTube. Uh, Paul Fleming says federal court strikes down Alabama's second attempt to block another majority black congressional district after legislature snubbed U.S. Supreme Court in a unanimous decision from a three-judge panel, which had overseen the case before it reached the Supreme Court. The judges wrote that they were disturbed by Alabama's action in the case. Alabama shows that they are lawless, lawless. Eric Hayes says capitalism works for Bernie and and Pelosi and Biden and Energy Secretary. No, not at all. If you take a look at Bernie's book and Bernie's dealing, he falls within free enterprise, not capitalism. Learn the difference. Bridge MCP says, how far would Republicans go to prevent out-of-state abortions? Some Texas officials want to metaphorically wall to, uh, want a metaphorical wall to keep people from traveling for reproductive care. But there's always been an important catch to these state-based Republican efforts. People are free to travel, receive medical care from professionals in different states, and then return home. It's not an option for everyone. Many red states' residents can't afford such a trip, can't get time off, can't arrange child care. 
But for some, these doors opened are critically uh, these door, open doors are critically important. The challenge for GOP officials then is fighting how to close them. They are again, it's all fascism. They think they're gonna stop women from traveling to New Mexico to get an abortion uh, who can't get it in Texas. I mean, they these guys just won't stop. They won't stop. And this is the party of small government and uh, and also personal responsibility, right? That's a joke. Uh, let's see what else we see here. Um, AVQ says, earmarks, pork, which I support. Exactly. But, but what I'm saying, uh, AVQ, is imagine the people who always talk against earmarks have three or four times the amount of earmark requests than does the Democrats. Republicans do. All right. Bridge MCP says, I don't support that AVQ. Make a bill on which uh, does one thing. If you can say, what good are politicians if they can't uplift their citizens with infrastructure investments? Robert Davenport says, I'm a blue state Democrat. We pay to keep all America going with while Republicans while about whine about getting more tax breaks for the super wealthy. We pay and they take. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They are beggars. They are welfare recipients. Don't, you know, we need to start making ads. I want to talk about this in a minute. Here, let me go ahead and and do this first. Melanie Keelan says, my sis says Eminem was a lout at DISD and driven out. Outrageous. He was appointed to HISD. There you go. Yeah, Mike. She's talking about Mike, uh, uh, Mike Miles. All right. Uh, Eric Essex, capitalism is what makes the politicians richer. Paul Fleming says, The issue with Brian Kemp's defense of Fannie Willis, Georgia's governor, has helped fuel the right-wing crusade against Democratic prosecutors, such as Fannie Willis. Now he wants the crusaders to stand down, but he signed the bill. Exactly right. Alistair Waters says, Thanks for the birthday wishes. Y'all was driving, so I couldn't respond promptly. Mitch MC was tw- was tested, and they found nothing wrong. I don't believe it. Of course not. The guy had a seizure. And he continuously have seizures. There's something wrong with him. I don't know what. Lee Grant says, Texas women can probably get abortions in Mexico. It's easy to cross that border. <laughs> All right, Lee Grant. Uh, Maywood says, how was everyone's Labor Day? I had a wonderful Labor Day. I worked. And, you know, we started, we did quite a bit of cooking. You know, my wife was putting some stuff in the freezer for her week. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Lee Grant says, happy birthday. Alistair Daniel Edo says, Egberto, think about it. If you believe that an abortion is killing a baby, would you not also not stop? I don't believe abortion is killing a baby, but that's besides the point. Again, that's besides the point. Uh, there are a lot of things that you don't believe. Are you going to go stop everybody who does something that you don't believe in as a, as an, as citizen? No, you won't. All right. Uh, Paul Fleming says, new, a black neighborhood and a college both wanted to expand. Now one of them is gone. 60 plus years, the white leaders of Newport News, uh, Virginia, seized the core of a thriving black community to build a college. The school has been gobbling up the remaining houses ever since. Typical. It's worse than gentrification, right? Bridge says, that's where they go, Lee Grant. But Texas and 18 other states are trying to stop the traveling. All right. Now, let's, let me get my rant out of the way. This is an important rant. The polls are, according to the, I think it's a Wall Street Journal, I think the polls are at 46-46, which means Biden 
and Trump are tied at 46, somewhere around there. That's what it looks like. Of course, we don't know where the 8% is going to drop. My hunch is that most of the 8% are going to drop on Biden because, again, uh, I think Trump is probably maxed out. He's a politician that least people care about, etc. But he does have his sycophants that follow him. However, Democrats are going around the place starting to say things like, it is Biden's age that's really causing the problem. It is Biden's age that makes people say the economy isn't as good as it is. It is Biden's age that have people thinking that he's not good on the economy. He's not good on healthcare. He's not good on, 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 uh, on all these other issues that the poll checks. To which I state to the people who are what I call our elitist uh, democratic uh, advisors, our elitist democratic consultants. They are simply wrong. What they don't understand is because they stay in their high towers and not understand what's going on on the ground. They don't go into the communities where our good Republican friends live and go and and they don't go to the spaces that our Republican brothers and sisters go to lie. They don't do it. So they sit down and they hear somebody mention that we are concerned about Biden's age and they just hold on to that nugget and they start to say the reason that Biden is not doing well is because of his age. It's not because of his age. Look, he's older. And you know what? We, we by now should have had a younger candidate running, but we don't. We don't. And I don't know how much time we have to do that thing. So I think for all practical purposes, we're stuck with Biden. But Biden should be doing orders of magnitude better than he is in the polls. He should be doing orders of magnitude better than Trump. But what our consultants are not doing, and I'm talking about Democratic consultants now, is they're not doing what the Republican base, the MAGA base is doing. The MAGA base is saturating the internet. The MAGA base is saturating alternative media. The MAGA base is saturating churches. The MAGA base is saturating every institution they can get a foothold in. And they're telling their stories. Yes, the story is not truthful. Yes, the stories are full of lies. But they are telling a story and they are talking to people and they are touching people and they are hugging people and they are kissing people as they tell the message. And you know what elitists, democratic consultants are doing? They remain in their ivory tower. And for those who said, you are using those ivory tower consultants talking points that the right are using. And you know why? Because the right is correct. Too many of the Democrats who are advising Democratic candidates and others, they are not living among the people. They are, so, they are in the stratosphere somewhere. They don't see what people are seeing. They don't hear what people are saying. Let me give one good example. I understand why Biden couldn't get certain things done because of cinema and mansion. I understand it. But most Americans on the left side just feel, wait a minute, if Republicans had the 
power of owning the House, the Senate, and the the, the Congress and the and the presidency, even without veto proof, they would have changed the rules at the beginning of the session, and they would have said, you know what. We are going to eliminate the filibuster because we understand that we're dealing with a fascist party. We understand that we're dealing with a party that once they get power, they won't relinquish it because they will do what they've done with the Supreme Court and otherwise. We have a very small window to operate. We can't talk about this bipartisan crap in on, on the political level. We can't. We cannot. Because these guys, when they take power... They will do whatever is necessary to maintain power under minority control because it's a dying party that only has minority representation. They don't have the majority of the Americans with them. They haven't had that in decades. So an elitist Democrat would have known that the story being told to the average Democrat is the following. You elected them, you got the House, you got the Senate, you got the, 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 the presidential, you got the presidency. But you what did that buy you? You still don't have the Supreme Court. You still don't have you have the ability to make changes to the Supreme Court and you chose not to. You had the ability to get the VRA in get the VRA passed, Voter Rights Act passed. And you didn't. And all these other issues, when we gave you control, even if we can't give you veto-proof control, there were mechanisms that you could use to get it done, and you didn't. So you know what? It, it's as if we are still under Republican fascist rule. So therefore, you know what? Many, many just throw their hands up in the air and say, to hell with it. We're screwed whichever way we go. Why go ahead and support? And it is jobs of independent media. It is a job of folks who can tell the truth to go out there and say, hey, I understand your frustration, but just one time we've got to, we've got to bite our tongue and get things done the right and get it done and elect progressives who are not fearful. Progressives who are not fearful in saying we're going to hold the bull by both horns and we are going to execute. We are going to act for every for every illegal court or rather for every court position that was stolen. We will replace that. We will add that to the court. Now, now what else are we going to do? We are going to pass the VRA. And if Mansion and Cinema doesn't agree, we at least will have their no vote on record to show the Democrats and thinking Americans that we made changes. And even though you elected us because you sent us back Cinema and Mansion, we couldn't get it done. But you see us make the attempt to get it done. You saw us attempt to make it, to get it done. You say, okay, well, Manchin may cross over and decide to uh, caucus with the Republicans. That's a possibility. And, and so cinema may do it as well. Well, if they are not decide, if they really have decided that they don't want to run 
for the Senate anymore. That's understandable. They may do that because at that point, you know, MAGA is not going to elect cinema and MAGA is not going to elect mansion. MAGA has somebody in Arizona that they want. MAGA has somebody in West Virginia that they want. So the truth of the matter is cinema and mansion can play spoiler, but their career would be done. So again, the problem is we don't play hardball and the, the base sees Democrats as weak, as weak. So if you ask yourself what that 4646 means, why it is that Biden is tied with Trump, it has nothing to do with Biden's age. It has everything to do with what they see. And as much as we got the uh, we, we, we got the IRA passed in as much as we got the infrastructure bill passed, they say, but what else matters to me? We have to learn what, what the angst of the American people. And if these guys weren't in their ivory towers, if they were out there among the people and talking to the people, they would understand what's going on. And then they would invest in independent media. They would invest in social media. They would invest in all the different avenues. Just like the Republicans have invested in lying to them, there would be a counter, just a truthful counter, to what ails. But again, sometimes you wonder if our neoliberal democratic brothers even care. After all, they will do well in every administration. Anyway, uh, let me go ahead and read some of these uh, comments that you made. But while I'm reading some to see which one I'll talk aloud, let me play Stephanopoulos for you because Stephanopoulos really did a number on... Uh, I'll tell you what, let me not do Stephanopoulos first. Let me go with um, Ali Velshi first and let me set this one up. Ali Velshi, uh, you know, right now the president... Has, uh, has decided that he's going to take 10 drugs and he's going to negotiate prices for those 10 drugs with the drug companies. And by God, the Republican politicians are calling that communism. In other words, the government negotiating for drugs is communism. In other words, the, drug, the, the government is not saying you will, call, you will charge this they're not saying that. They're not saying we are going to manufacture the drug ourselves. They're not saying that. They're not saying we're shutting you down. They're not saying that. They just said we are going to negotiate the prices for those drugs just like the VA does, just like Canada does, just like any other country does. And for that, you call us a communist? I want you to listen to Ali Velchi because he breaks it down perfectly. Then we'll take it on the other side. This week, the Biden administration announced the first 10 drugs that will be subject to price negotiations under a new provision included in the Inflation Reduction Act, President Biden's signature bill, you will recall, that was passed last year. Now, the list targets some of the most commonly used drugs that help treat conditions like diabetes, heart failure, chronic kidney disease, blood cancers, arthritis, Crohn's disease, as well as blood thinners that prevent strokes and blood clots. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, about 9 million medications
Medicare beneficiaries used one or more of these 10 drugs in the past year and paid a total of $3.4 billion out of pocket for those medications. That's on top of the $50.5 billion that the government spends on these same drugs every year. The federal government is the largest buyer of prescription drugs in the United States. Now, theoretically, in a market system, that would mean that it should have some measure of influence over those drug prices, a power that has been specifically nullified by something called the non-interference clause. Back in 2003, when Congress and President George W. Bush passed the prescription drug benefit to Medicare, Republicans, no doubt at the behest of the powerful pharmaceutical lobby, added something called the non-interference clause, which prevented the government, which, as I said, is the single largest buyer of prescription drugs in the country, from negotiating drug prices directly with pharmaceutical companies. In some cases, that has resulted in Americans paying double or triple the same amount for the same exact drug as people in other developed (laughs) nations pay, precisely because many other governments didn't give away their seat at the bargaining table like America did. Lower drug prices means lower premiums and lower out-of-pocket costs for those on Medicare, as well as less money out of taxpayers' pockets, including if you never used any of these drugs. This one change in federal policy is a big deal because it has the opportunity to fundamentally change prescription drug pricing in the United States to the benefit of millions of Americans. But it wouldn't seem that way if you were only paying attention to Republicans' reactions to it this week. Some Congress members, including Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, called the new policy, quote, a socialist price-setting program. Meanwhile, former United States ambassador and presidential candidate Nikki Haley went as far as to call the entire Inflation Reduction Act, quote, a communist manifesto. So let's get one thing clear. This policy is less like communism and more like Costco. Like Costco, Medicare now has the ability to purchase products from a manufacturer and bargain down the price so that in turn it can offer those products to its members at lower prices. Drug manufacturers can opt in or opt out. And likewise, nothing prevents consumers from shopping elsewhere to buy the same or similar products at a lower cost or higher cost. The free market doesn't mean that manufacturers can set whatever price they want. More choices mean that consumers have more buying power. That is actually what capitalism is. This is capitalism working as it should. Under communism... There would be no negotiation at all. There wouldn't be anyone for the government to negotiate with because under communism, private businesses would cease to exist. Communism is a political and economic ideology that promotes a society in which all property and wealth is communally owned. To live under communism is to relinquish every aspect of your life to the government. Goods and services are rationed out from food, housing, toilet paper, even electricity. Citizens are expected to devote their lives in service of the government and its ideology and to glorify the military and its leaders. There are few communist nations today because it is a failed and despised ideology, and rightly so. But calling politicians communist has become easier to dismiss in this political climate because it's become so normalized, particularly by the Republican presidential frontrunner, the failed former president, Donald Trump who uses the terms socialist, Marxist, and communist freely and interchangeably. They're catch-all words that some Republicans have become much more comfortable using to signal that a certain political opponent or policy is bad without having to actually explain why or how they're bad or what you do in their place. 
Nikki Haley's presidential team has taken to this one to the next level. They've been targeting Democrats that they think are, quote, soft on China by posting a series of communist style images complete with the hammer and sickle titled Comrades of the Week. The images are so far beyond the pale. People throughout this country have been punished, they've been imprisoned, and they have been killed for the mere suggestion or suspicion that they were a communist sympathizer. Nikki Haley, like everyone else, has the right to disagree with her fellow politicians and their policies, but not if she's going to use dangerous and fear-mongering rhetoric. Be honest. Debate the policies based on their merits. Don't call people communists. Don't call things communists that aren't. You know, and I can, I can tell you, Ali Velci is a true, true capitalist. He believes in good regulated capitalism. And, you know, when does regulated capitalism become something else? That's where I'm at. I am not at all. I mean, Ali Velci is, you know, he's a part of the business community, etc. But he believes in honesty in capitalism, honesty in business. I am uh, uh, way, I'm to the left of that in this regards. Uh, most of these drugs were developed by the people. We, the people, paid for those drugs at universities. And when they became viable, these confounded corporations went ahead and picked them up, got the patent and 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 uh, started to develop and test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They did little of the work. And in fact, most of their profits don't go back into research and development, but into marketing, executive pay and, and, and dividends for their shareholders. So I am, while I agree, that this is not in any way communism. What I want as well isn't communism. I want the the government as investors in making all these, most of these products on the market to be able to dictate that you will not sucker us in paying all these high prices. And in fact, I think that the, the drug companies have so far earned the right to have all those patents relinquished right back to the government after they were the ones who uh, who develop who, who's had the initial development of the drugs, and then what I think should be done is, uh, if the government wants, they can hire these uh, these drug big pharma companies to manufacture the drugs. And if they say, well, no, we're not interested, we build the factories and manufacture them ourselves. It's important because they don't. Again, please tell me what value do they add other than marketing, other than extending the price to ridiculous levels for others. I do not believe in our current healthcare systems. There are portions of our systems that do not, I repeat, do not belong at all in the profit domain. That is healthcare, energy, and, uh, and, and, and some other social problems do not belong in the for-profit market. There's a lot of room for millions of other things that belong in the for-profit domain, just not healthcare, just not energy, and a, a few other things that I've spoken about before. And Michael Rudnin has something, the long-term effects of voting for the lesser evil if it's not mitigated. And that's a very good example that he showed on the screen right there. Welcome aboard, El Señor uh, Norman Reynolds says, glad to be here, though late. We are the, who are the consultants in the media? Uh, look, I know a lot of these guys up there in Washington. They are, you know, you sit down and I've spoken to consultants at Netroots and these other places. You sit down and you talk to these guys. These guys have no notion, none of what's going on in, in, in the ghettos, the barrios and Appalachia. 
They have no concept. So they, they, you know, they put a simplistic thing on the screen. Like today I was listening to Morning Joe and I couldn't have been more irate as I heard them keep talking about, well, you know, the reason all these numbers are low is because of Biden's age. It has little to do with Biden age. Look, everybody would love a younger, a younger candidate. It's not going to happen, right? But his, his poll numbers are not low because of his age. His poll numbers are low because if you take a look at the numbers, Democrats are not supporting him at the level that Republicans are supporting Trump. That's that's that's. And then the question is, why? And if you really want to know why, go ask people that don't answer these polls. You go ask people on the streets, why is it that that you're not supporting Biden? Why is it that you think it doesn't make any sense? And they'll tell you. They will tell you. I speak to hundreds of people over the last few months, and they'll tell you when I've tried to convince some some Latinos to get into the fold, you'd not imagine some of the stories that I hear. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with immigration. It has to do with basic democratic policies, success and failure. It's that simple. And I wish more people would understand that instead of buying into the r- ridiculous statement that the reason Biden numbers are down, it's because of somehow his age. No, it's lack of investment into educating the people you're asking for the vote. It's lack in going and rub shoulders with the people you're asking for their votes. Norman Reynolds says, My, by the measure of just looking at history, there is no price to pay for Manchin or others. Look at the amount of times the GOP House voted down the ACA. They paid no price to vote against their base. True. Uh, Robert Davenport says, Dan- <laughs> Daniel Stupid is a stupid does. I, I can't argue with that's a true statement, right? All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I think I saw another one from Davenport that I that I wanted to read out. Robert Davenport says, the re- no, I think I read that one already. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got here? Anyway, uh, scrolling down, scrolling down, we got um, Paul Fleming says, there is a small, often unchecked history of fading politicians trying to revive their careers by running for president third party but in 2024 in such a quixotic ego trip worth jeopardizing our american democracy no it's not uh let's see what else uh we got here paul fleming says it's no secret why big pharma is suing to stop the medicare price negotiations now happening thanks to inflation reduction act the companies that produced 10 uh, targeted drugs made a combined $38 billion in 2022. They're mad they can't just rip off taxpayers anymore. It's a shame. The federal government, from Carl Cox, the federal government should take federal tax revenues from Texas and Florida taxpayers and use to assist New York and other cities with the influx uh, immigrants sent to them from these states. And a lot of that influx from Florida didn't really come from Florida. It came from Texas. And Florida were just wanting to get some notoriety, went ahead and shipped them out. Uh, Davenport says, I use one of those drugs. It's insanely expensive. Why shouldn't a large purchaser negotiate for a price, a better price? That is fair market practice. You either believe in the fair markets or you don't. You nailed it. You nailed it. All right. We got Paraver. Melanie Killen says, escape room with my kids. I was hit. I was a bit empanada. ¿Qué pasa con la empanada, corazón? All right. Uh, worse than 1950s McCarthyism is from uh, Michael Rudman. Lee Grant says, we should have a PDR comrade of the week too. Okay. Will you volunteer to be the PDR comrade of the week, sir? 
Uh, Fall Fleming says, our nation has always struggled uh, with a fundamental contradiction. We built the philosophical framework of a democratic society on a foundation of mass racial violence, and we attempted to paper over the conflicts between these deals and our actions with an audacious uh, religious claim rooted in a set of 15th century church edicts known as the Doctrine of Discovery. It's interesting, right? Today, I was supposed to interview uh, uh, Mike Miles, who is a new HISD superintendent, who has turned uh, public library? Who have turned libraries at the schools into detention centers? I really wanted. I was going to have a very civil conversation with him. He was supposed to call into the program. He didn't. Uh, I wonder why. You know, because it, uh, they simply can't justify what they're doing. They simply can't justify what they're doing. Carl Cox says, sixty-five percent of drugs developed by the NIH. Uh, a federal government agency and given to big pharma for free. And that's despicable. That is despicable. Uh, let's see. Paul Fleming says, no labels claim to represent centuries. Their donor records tell a fully different story. Follow the money and you'll see that they depend heavily on corporations and billionaires. They don't take care of centrism at all. I don't even believe in centrism. I don't know what centrism means. I don't know what centrism means. Something is really right or wrong. How do you take the center of something in that regards? I don't know what it means. Most of the people who say they are centrists are people who are ashamed to say that they are progressive. But when you ask them the policies that they like, when you ask them what is it that you want, it always turns out to be progressive policies. So I guess centrism is just how you talk about policies and how much distance you can put between you and a progressive. Just a thought, just a thought. Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, why the FDA funded uh, in part uh, by the companies it regulates. Nearly half the agency's budget comes from user fees paid by companies seeking approval for medical devices or drugs. The Food and Drug Administration has moved from an entirely taxpayer-funded entity to one increasingly funded by user fees by manufacturers that are being regulated today. Close to 45% of its budgets comes from these user fees that companies pay when they apply for approval uh, for medical drug. As a pharmacist and medication, uh, as a pharmacist and medication and dietary supplement safety researcher. I understand the vital role of the FDA plays in ensuring the safety of medications and medical devices, but I, along with many others, now wonder, was this move a clever win-win for the manufacturing public, or did it uh, place patient safety uh, second to uh, corporate profitability? It's a critical that the, it is critical that the U.S. public understand the positive and negative ramification so the nation can strike the right balance. I'm not, I don't know that story very well, so I don't think I'm capable of commenting right now. Bridge also says many of the older people here who are not Republican, which is rare, don't think Biden is well enough to be president because of his speech. But he's, he's spoken like that his entire life. He was a stutter. So I'm not, I'm not as much concerned about his age as I am concerned about people thinking that he's too damn old. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Whoa, I got a lot more. Um, I'm not going to read all of them because I got one more video that I want to play. Uh, let's scroll down, scroll down. I think I'm going to go ahead and play the video. Uh, this one here is, I want to play Stephanopoulos interview with Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. I think it, it just tells, it just shows you where the Republican identity, I, 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 ideology is currently. So check this out. We'll then take it on the other side. George Stephanopoulos had a presidential candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy on his program today. And first of all, 
there was a lot of bloviations. He had he asked some very specific questions, but Vivek continued to elaborate on every questions with uh, things that made no sense, things that made him as Trumpier than Trump. That's what he used the platform for. In other words, this interview was used for Vivek to tell Trump supporters, I am going to be just like Trump, but you know what? More Trump-like, I will be Trumpier than Trump. That's what he wanted to show. And to some extent, George Stephanopoulos gave him too much latitude to go out there and preach a new Trumpian message. But you know what I did? I went ahead and cut all the bloviation and get down to his specific answers to show the kind of caricature that he is, to show that the lack of moral compass that he has. So I want you to listen to this and also listen to Senator Tim Kaine's response, which was concise and perfect. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Back in January 2021, you described President Trump's actions then as abhorrent. What exactly did you find abhorrent about his actions around January 6th? I would have handled that situation very differently than Trump did. But I do draw a distinction, George, between bad behavior and illegal behavior. Was it wrong for the president to create slates of phony electors? I think that there were a number of bad judgments that were made. Frankly, if I were the U.S. president, I would have never let it get to that place. You didn't answer my question. Was it wrong? To I would not have. Of phony I, the answer your question is no. I would not have nominated phony slates of electors. Was it wrong to encourage the mob to to storm the Capitol? I disagree with that characterization. Is that what I would have done that day under those circumstances? No. Refusing to turn over classified information after he was met with a subpoena, moving that uh, information, sharing it with others. You find nothing wrong with that behavior? There's a difference between a bad judgment and a crime. And you find his actions abhorrent around January 6th. You said he was wrong to take the classified information. You said you would not do that yourself. You still say you would vote for him for president. That's what I don't get. George, I said what every Republican nominee said to make it on that debate stage, that we will actually support the Republican nominee from our party. But what I've said is clear. If Donald Trump's the nominee, yes, I will support him. And if I'm the president, yes, I will pardon him. So your bottom line is that you would vote for a convicted felon because other people are voting for a convicted felon? My bottom line, George, is that I will vote for the person who I think is best positioned to move this country forward. Senator King, I just want to start out by getting your response to Mr. Ramaswamy and the other candidates, most of the other candidates on the Republican stage, all committed to vote for Donald Trump, even if he's a convicted in one of these felony trials. Well, George, what I just heard was the complete lack of a moral compass. Um, if you are unwilling to say that the behavior of Donald Trump Trump trying to overturn the peaceful transfer of power is a disqualifier. If you pledge despite that to vote for him, if you pledge despite that to pardon him should you be elected, it shows that you don't have the moral compass that you need to be the leader of the greatest nation in the world. And sadly, Mr. Ramaswamy is not alone in lacking the compass. I think that was displayed pretty patently by many of the uh, GOP candidates on the debate stage. Tim Kaine nailed it. None of these guys, guys who are attempting to prosecute 
Biden as the Biden crime family when there is no evidence of Biden doing the things that they want to accuse him for. Look, you don't have to like Biden. You don't have to appreciate Biden. Look, I am not a fan of Biden, who I consider a neoliberal, but Biden, as far as I'm concerned, has done fairly well as a neoliberal could for the progressive uh, the progressive values that we want. So I give Biden to some extent to pass, but the idea that one would put Biden in the same class with Donald Trump is laughable from an intellectual point of view, from a moral point of view, or from any, any point of view. So uh, we ought to sit back and understand the cancer that the current Republican Party is on America. But I tell you, the thing that we should be more concerned about is that if we look at the, uh, the national polls today, that Donald Trump and and President Biden is polling at both 46 percent speaks poorly of our country. But I tell you better, it shows something that needs to be addressed. Unfortunately, Democrats have ceded the email space the social media space, and all these spaces where calculated lies can be given to absolve people of the responsibility of doing what's right. And what we have in these different mediums or in this different media is we have people that are promoting it is okay to accept Trump for who he is because he will do well by us. So forget about his morality. Forget about his crimes. Forget about all these things because we are going to be okay with what he does as he stiff the others. But, you know, take good care of us. Not realizing that the people who will do best for the country are those who would pass progressive policies that support people, support families, etc. But who is out there with that message day in and day out and showing them specifically, you know, the right invest in their every type of their media. They invest in their local media. They invest in their churches. They invest in their alternate media. They invest in, invest in, their, in their bloggers and everything else. Our elitists, many of our elitists, Democrats on the top, I'm not talking about rank and file Democrats now. I'm talking about the elitists who are the ones that many go to for advice. You don't see them going into the communities and investing in the organizations of the communities. You don't see them investing into the bloggers. You don't see them investing into the alternate media to put out information in every single domain. So you wonder why it is 46-46 as far as the support for Biden and Trump is because, again, that one side is nurturing their people in such a manner that they will they will vote for that which they know is evil, but they think will have no effect on their personal economies and their social economies. But the left side, the Democratic side, I shouldn't say the left side, the Democratic side have left the bloggers to their own device. They have left their alternative media to, the, the, uh, to, to their own device. And, you know, they will probably not start investing into these until it is too late. You want to understand what's going on in America, why we have where we are, where we at, where we're at again. Look at though look at where investments are made and look at who really want to get results. We Ted Cruz never misses an opportunity to make a fool of himself. Check this out, take it on the other side.
Last week, the director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism suggested U.S. recommendations could change to just two beers a week. That is the recommendation in Canada was suggesting maybe that would be a good idea for the United States as well. What is it with liberals that want to control every damn aspect of your life? The first things they wanted to do was ban gas stoves. They're trying to go after and regulate ceiling fans. I got to tell you, it's hot in Texas. And now these idiots have come out and said, drink two beers a week. That's their guideline. Well, I got to tell you, if they want us to drink two beers a week, frankly, they can kiss my ass. Now, it's amazing. Ted Cruz says that liberals like to control what they do. They never miss an opportunity to tell Americans what to do. I mean, when we talk about MAGA and Republicans believing in projection, MAGA and Republicans are always projecting. Hey, who's trying to control what books you can and cannot read? Um, Who is trying to control what a woman can and cannot do with her body? Um, Who's trying to control what type of history you learn in school? Uh, Who's trying to control every single aspect of your life if it's not MAGA and Republicans? And then they have the nerve to say because uh, somebody heard about a Canadian law that says the recommendation is you shouldn't drink more than two beers a week. Not a demand, just a recommendation for your health. And an American uh, uh, regulator says, huh, that may be a good kind of uh, a, a good type of suggestion to our people to keep them healthy. Maybe you should only drink two beers I'm not telling you what to do, but of course, Ted Cruz cannot miss an opportunity to somehow create a false, a false issue. And that is how they keep their people riled up. They keep them riled up about things that don't matter to anyone. And when it comes to things that matter, your, your personal economy, doing things to make sure that you have health care and all these issues, you are so concerned about, they want to take away my right to drink two beers that you forget to think about, wait a minute, I don't have health insurance and Ted Cruz is doing absolutely nothing to give me health insurance. In fact, what he's doing is working against me as far as health insurance is concerned. That is an utter shame and Americans need to stop falling for these shenanigans. We need to grow up and we need to enhance our minds and understand that what these guys are doing are trying to do things to keep your eyes off of the ball so that you're concerned with yourself with frivolities instead of the things that really matter to you. All right, Robert Davenport says, Amen, Egberto. Biden is the best American president in my lifetime, and I'm an old guy. Wake-up polls are not an election. Biden is doing great polls are BS. You know, um, let me just say, uh, Davenport, I hear you. Um, The polls can be BS, but I'm telling you, out in the field, we do have a problem that we have to get solved. And that is we have to be talking to the people right now. The, the right-wing media and the right-wing machine is saturating not only the right side of the equation, but our people, they are, they are micromanaging. Let me tell you something. I listen to uh, English and Spanish radio stations. If you ever hear the lies that go on on the, on the commercials on Spanish radio, and you know where there's no answer? There's no answer on Spanish radio uh, from the Democrats. 
The Democrats should have Spanish radio saturated. They should be in local media. They should be in local places. I'm, I'm telling you, I understand all the good that our brother Biden has done. But, it, but if you have somebody maligning what he has done with no pushback, this is what you see. We got to do something about it. You got to get onto stations and, and networks that you don't see. Look, at KPFT, which is uh, my show and a few other shows are friendly to progressives, you would think that you would have people wanting to come and say, hey, this is what we stand for. We want to make sure that you guys exist. It doesn't happen that way. We have to do better. We have to do better. Anyway, we are at four o'clock. Time really flew. Folks, please, please go ahead and I suggest subscribing to my newsletter. Uh, please subscribe to my newsletter. You can get to my newsletter by going to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. politicsandright.com slash newsletter. You can support us in however way you can. Donate. Uh, just to make sure we can continue doing what we're doing by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support. Again, subscribe to our newsletter and or go to politicsdoneright.com slash support and support us however you can, because we cannot do this without you. You are instrumental in getting where we need to get. So anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.